Welcome to the Bearable Traders Podcast, Talk with Traders. In today's edition, we will talk again with Dr. Jonathan Katz, this time discussing why attitude matters and how your attitude towards your trading can make all the difference to your success. Dr. Katz, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be talking with you again. Good talking to you, Peter, as always. How are yeah. you today? I am actually doing very well. We had a long weekend recently. I had the opportunity to spend it with family, and it's always good to take a little break. As much as I love trading, uh, like any work, it's always nice to take a little time and, and just you know not think about it whatsoever and do the important stuff, stuff with family. Yeah, and get reinvigorated, re-energized, and then back up for another trading week after the long July 4th holiday weekend. Exactly, exactly. We had sort of a, a little, uh, well, I'm Canadian, so we had uh, a Canada Day a couple of days earlier, and then, uh, which right. is a midweek thing this year, and then, of course, the, the July long weekend because the markets were closed. So I got, right. I got a double bonus. It was fantastic. Yeah, okay. It was fantastic. Done. Well, this week we were going to talk about your attitude and attitudes in trading because uh, one of the things that uh, I've been thinking a lot about this recently um, because some of the members I was talking with uh, you know it, it's a tough time to sometimes have a good and positive attitude and it made me think about uh, you know sort of how do you keep the I don't want to say a positive attitude because people tend to associate that with like somebody who's just perky and up that's one element but I think it's more important about you know, attitude with respect to do you have a confident attitude and are you approaching trading in a way that's going to um, set you up for success? So with that, let, let me just start by setting maybe some 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 basics, because when we talk attitude, there's a couple of things that, you know, there's these traditional sort of components of attitude they talk about. So there's cognitive effective and behavioral components. They tend to call it CAB or ABCs, depending on the order. So your cognitive, cognitive component, if I can say it, are your thoughts and beliefs about trading or about the subject matter. The effective component is how you as an individual, um, how you feel uh, and how the event or how trading makes you feel. And then the behavioral is how your attitude influences your behavior, which at the end is what we're talking about here in trading. So those three elements, uh, I think, can, can form maybe part of a, the start of our conversation, Dr. Katz. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts first on, let, let's start with the cognitive aspect. Um, you know, people come into trading, obviously, with an expectation that they're going to um, hopefully make some money and, and uh, they're going to be successful at this endeavor. But even before you start, we all sort of come burdened with some beliefs, I guess, about what trading is and maybe about what it isn't. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, the thing about the cognitive, affective and behavioral is that they're all kind of interrelated. Yeah. Um, and let me just say as a corollary to that, before we dive into that, there's also attitudes have an explicit component sometimes, which is the attitudes that you're consciously aware of and how that inter inter uh, influences your behaviors and beliefs, but also, and this is particularly important in trading and the psychology of trading, and this is why we're talking about this, is that there's a lot of, you know, implicit aspects of attitudes, which are the unconscious, but still have an, you know, important impact on behavior and beliefs. Um, so a lot of traders are not necessarily aware sometimes of the unconscious factors uh, and their beliefs 
um, which then impact their trading decisions. Right. And that's that's a great point. And that's something I was going to lead into. So and I'm glad you bring it up because those explicit and implicit uh, well, and, and even back to where we were starting here, sort of on, on your thoughts and beliefs, you may not even uh, be consciously aware of some of the beliefs you have around trading. So if I'll use myself as an example, it, it took me a while when I was trading, uh, and it was only after I started actually having conversations with other people that, that I realized they said, oh, trading, oh my God, that's risky. I've got a friend's brother's cousin's uncle who lost everything trading, right? Shouldn't do it. it it's, it's terrible, man. It, like nobody can win. And I realized, you know, after a, a number of those conversations that in the back of my head, I thought, I have a very small chance of, of succeeding at this. And I realized that was making me overly um, cautious and, and, and overly, um, how do I say, like, like worried about my trading, as opposed to actually, you know, focusing on the success that I was driving and my methodology and practices. You know, I, I, I was like so afraid of failure because, you know, subconsciously or, or implicitly, I had this belief that I was most likely to fail in this. So you better be really, really careful. Well, yeah, so when we talk about attitude for trading, I think the concept that is very helpful is the concept of how do you develop a winning attitude uh, towards trading. Right. I think this is a key to the success, and a lot of traders think that they already have a winning attitude, <laughs> and very often that's actually not the case. Right. Um, and I think you know part of the first step of that is taking, again, responsibility and ownership and accountability um, for your trading and understanding how your thoughts and beliefs, how your feelings and how your behaviors influence your, your trading. Um, because a lot of this is where the conscious and unconscious come in, because a lot of times, as you know, uh, traders want to have a winning attitude, but they often show signs of not by like kind of blaming market conditions uh, wow. for their attitude or their state of mind. Um, whereas market conditions are just kind of really a mirror for how people uh, kind of, you know, mirror for what how people trade. So I think a winning, you know, a winning attitude is really more of a positive expectation of your efforts and with kind of an acceptance of whatever results you get are really a reflection of your level of development and what you need to learn to do better. So I, I like to think of this as how you know, one develops this winning attitude with an understanding of the role of the different components, the cognitive, the affective, and the behavioral, and the explicit, and the implicit, and how they contribute to that. So, and, and you bring up an extremely important point when you talk about the, the winning attitude um, that, that I personally anyways believe is very important about the accepting responsibility for all of the outcomes of your trading, both good and bad. Uh, and I want to get your opinion on this, Dr. Katz, because I find that we have a natural tendency, we humans tend to like to think when something goes good, it's because we're awesome. When something goes bad, it's because something happened to us. And that's a way I find of diffusing your responsibility for all of the outcomes, you know, like, and, and, and good or bad, frankly, there are elements that we can control and elements we can't. We certainly see that in trading. I can control my entries. I can control my exits. I can control, you know, how much risk I put at play, but I can't control the direction of the market. 
So, but I have to accept when I'm entering into this scenario, there are those elements I can control and elements I can't. But I have to take responsibility for all of it because I am making the decision to take the trade. Do you find, um, you know, when you're talking with traders that, you know, that, that, that those that tend to have that successful attitude um, take more responsibility, I suppose, for the entirety of the outcomes? Yeah, I think that's why I said responsibility, ownership and accountability. Mm. Absolutely. And, and a clear warning sign is right when people feel like they are responsible for the successful trades or the successful <laughs> outcomes. Right. But then on the ones that are not successful, kind of kind of feel like that's due to external factors right. uh, outside of their control. Right. And that's really a warning sign because that's an indication of, of blind spots and, and an unwillingness, basically not a complete accountability uh, of one's own trading. Sure. Uh, and so kind of, again, the combination to me of the responsibility, the ownership and the accountability are huge in terms of building a kind of a positive foundation for this kind of growth mindset, as opposed to like a more fixed mindset that's a little more stagnant, mm -hmm. that has a lot of sometimes blame uh, kind of associated with it and not the kind of the accountability, as you said. Yeah. Now, now you, you touch on another key element there. Yes, that growth versus fixed mindset, which which, as you say, sort of helps uh, people uh, define their success or not. We find that you need to have that growth type mentality. And now that growth mindset, as I understand it, Dr. Katz, is more about um, is, is, I guess, more about uh, 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 sort of sitting in the chair and saying, when I get faced with a challenge, whether whether I you know can can affect it or not, um, sort of embracing that and say, all right, so I need to take some action in order to manage that, uh, and and taking it as a sort of a a positive obstacle versus just uh, an obstacle to be avoided. So, for example, I would say in trading, you know, somebody with a positive uh, mindset would say, hey, when when the stock is not going against me, I, I can't control the outcome, but I have a rule in place that says my risk management says I will exit at this point and I'm going to obey that because that's how I can positively embrace this challenge and create the outcome that I need to as opposed to, you know what, I'm going to let it ride or I'm going to average down. Don't ever do that. <laughs> um, you know, or something like that where you said instead of following the rule, you're just going to sort of avoid the obstacle by not exiting the trade, not accepting that loss at the moment. Right. I mean, it's the growth mindset is basically at the core the concept of how do I get better? Right. Always looking to ways to improve. And like you said, not viewing bumps in the road, obstacles, setbacks, losses as problematic. I mean, they don't feel good when any of us experience as in trading or other parts of our lives. But mm. it just means like, how do I manage this more effectively? It's right. like if you're driving on a road with potholes galore and it's like if you're bitching and moaning every moment that there's potholes as opposed to as opposed to putting your energy into concentrating on the road and trying to drive that as effectively missing as many of those potholes and making the ride as smooth as you can. That's a more positive growth minded way of driving under adverse conditions where a fixed way is just kind of just looking at the kind of negative, not changing what you need to do and just experiencing all of that kind of those obstacles in a way where you feel you have no control or power uh, to make things improved or better. And complaining about where your tax dollars are going and why aren't they <laughs> fixing the potholes, right? All right. All right. <laughs> now, you know, all this being said, it, it, sometimes it's easier said than done. I mean, hell, I've had trade days of trading where you're like, 
oh my God, the markets are aligned against me. It doesn't matter what I do, I can't win today. Um, and, and I know when I started trading, it's funny, when I had those, it, it honestly felt like the markets are out to get me. Like it, sometimes it just feels like they are out to get me. Um, and, and I had to come to the realization that the reality is the market doesn't even know I exist. It's not out to get me. More likely, I'm probably just not in the mindset. It's not working today. Whatever it is, and sometimes you can't readily identify it. But it's it's it's. It, but what is important, I think, at a high level, is to identify the fact I'm not in alignment with the market. So I either need to step away and figure out if I can get myself in my mind in order to trade effectively, or maybe today's not my day, and maybe it's just time to shut her down, and you know, take a deep breath, go do something else, meditate, whatever. But but you know, come back another day. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a tendency to want to attribute kind of poor performance to external factors because it's just a psychological defense. Because basically right. when we do poorly at something, it could be very painful. We're disappointed in ourselves. Sometimes we're a bit embarrassed. Um, there's a hmm. lot of factors that don't feel good. So a lot of people defend against it as a way of pushing it out as opposed to acknowledging the pain and the discomfort and then, like you said, stepping back a little and saying, okay, this hurts, this doesn't feel good, it's upsetting. But the only way you're going to overcome that is to see if there are corrective measures you can make in future trades hmm. to help the outcome become different. And that is a very powerful thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's, again, getting back to this fixed versus growth mindset and the willingness. Again, this is also getting back to the implicit and ex explicit, you know, becoming a little more aware of our unconscious uh, actions and thought, you know, is very important. Our, we can look at our patterns. This is why to kind of take your own personal inventory or what are the kinds of situations trading that trigger kind of very defensive uh, or painful reactions. They're different for different people so that you are aware of the kinds of situations where you may start to blame external factors and it makes it harder for you to kind of own that and kind of kind of develop an app, you know, an attitude again of growing and building in a kind of ascenting way as opposed to being in a fixed mindset way. Right. So and, and as you talk again, I'm glad you brought it back to the implicit versus the explicit. So, you know, when we have those those implicit attitudes that, you know, to, we started sort of with the cognitive component. So what are your thoughts and beliefs about trading? Dr. Katz, how, how do we go about unpacking that? So, you know, how do we sort of, because I do think you have to unpack, you have to surface it, sort of lay it on the table, so to speak, so you can do something about it. Because if you if you don't, then you have no chance to, to deal with whatever your beliefs are. Yeah, well, I think, you know, this is where we've talked about journaling and keeping a log of kind of, you know, monitoring your own emotional reactions to things. Um, you know, again, you said embracing the challenges as a, a uh, an opportunity as opportunities to learn. Uh, but I think part of it is that you have to kind of be willing to uh, recognize when things are not going that way, what, what, what kind of emotionally that's creating for you and what kind of thoughts and beliefs are you creating as a result of that? Do you mm. feel like you're not smart enough? You'll never be successful. There's a lot of assumptions and a lot of faulty beliefs that can be changed. And, and this is where the cognitive component really becomes in. Because how you handle the setbacks become very important. Um, and success is often, and especially in a place like trading, which is highly competitive and difficult, is how you deal with failure. So actually failure hmm. is an integral part of the trading process. 
Uh, it's very much like sports in that way. And right. that the hope is that it's not that losing trades are a problem. It's how you what you do with them. Mm. Um, but you have to be aware enough of your own emotional reactions to things so that it doesn't become debilitating and you don't create these kind of co false cognitive assumptions and beliefs which then perpetuate and impact your not only how you feel, the affective component, but also future behaviors. Mm. You know, I, I like it when you say that. We, we do a lot of sports analogies, you know, because I love them and, and they're sort of with your background as well. But I do think they're very applicable because, you know, if you think about the most successful athlete in any sport, you know, you can name any sport, they've never won all the time. Right. Like nobody's got a, uh, you know, an infinity to O record like it just doesn't happen. So even the best athletes on the planet have experienced significant amount of loss. And it's only through, like you said, through how they manage that, that they've achieved that pinnacle of success. The same is true for traders. Right. I mean, some of the best traders in the world may only have a, a 50 percent win rate. I mean, there there's I was listening to uh, another podcast, actually, the other uh, the other week where they said, you know, th this trader said I have 40 percent percent win rate throughout my career which means that so, at some points I was down to 20 percent other other points I might have been doing better than 50 50 but overall I was winning only 40 percent of the time but the way I managed my risk led to my success you know my point out of this is that you know our, our attitude around those those failures which is you know failure is inevitable but that that is really going to drive uh you know whether you're ultimately successful so you need to have a good attitude towards your trading overall and have the attitude like you said that growth mindset all right what am i learning from this yeah it's pain like any any loss is painful we all get that right but um you know you, you can't take it like oh my god i'm i'm you know i suck <laughs> this is never going to work for me you know, and, and we, I think we're we're all prone to those thoughts on occasion, but it's but it's managing them and and, and you know boxing it. I would say a little bit. Say all right, there's a loss in this moment, but there was probably a lesson in that. Journaling is where you can figure out where that lesson is. Yeah, and I think you know working with traders, um, they can do this on a more micro level than a little more macro. You know, traders who have experienced very rough first halves of the days and they're down a lot right. of money and they start being able to maintain this kind of more positive forward mm. growth mindset and working through and grinding through either getting back to even on the plus side. That is incredibly rewarding or or traders who have had a bunch of, you know, losing days in a row and find a way to kind of get it together to kind of, you know, snap out of that. Don't let in two or three losing days turn into seven or eight. You know, when I work with uh, high level athletes and I've said this to coaches and players, but you know, um, you know, a tennis player who is down a set and close to losing the, the, the second set. You know, I said, I, I, I'm never happy that you're on the verge of defeat. But the ability for you to come back and win that match has been massive because now it's in your DNA, the ability to come back from the kind of, you know, from the precipice of, of, de of defeat and, and come back showed an ability to stay in a positive kind of uh, optimistic, forward-thinking way to kind of get back in. And traders are the same way. Uh, the bad can beget the bad, and the good can beget the good. But I think that the greatest challenge and what builds incredible uh, strength uh, and belief and confidence over time is the ability to manage mm -hmm. kind of those difficult periods and come back from them.
Right. So we're talking now essentially about the effective and behavioral components, if you will, and how you're managing those. I mean, tennis is a great example because I've always found tennis just the way it's structured. Um, you're right. Like you have to be extremely mentally strong to be successful in tennis, especially if you're down a set. Um, and tennis can be a very big momentum game in that, in that you, you find that, you know, it, it just takes a sort of a couple of points for suddenly the, the momentum shifts. And sometimes you can't even put your finger on it. But you notice that those I've noticed those most successful athletes on the global scale or tennis players, they're the ones that they don't seem to get too phased by when they're down. But when they're up, you can see that energy start to pick up and they sort of feed off of that. And they know when to press it when their opponent is sort of starting to feel the pressure a little bit, right? Now in trading, in trading you can't feed off the energy of your opponent, right? There's there's nobody on the other side of the net, so to speak, for you to face off against. But I do find that the the traders with whom I've worked uh, is those that, you know, hey, when, when you're down, you say, look, that's just, yeah, so I had some trades. And you're able in the moment to do, I think, a couple of things. One, um, sort of manage your attitude to, to look at it and say, look, uh, you know, did I trade poorly? If I did, then I need to do something different than I traded well, but I had a bad outcome. And that, that's sometimes tough to do in the moment because we all get sort of emotional, especially when you've just had a loss. But to say it was actually a good trade, it just didn't work out. Then you can continue and hopefully take the next one and it may win or it may lose, but you need to approach it with the same attitude. If, however, you say, you know, actually that was not a good trade, to me that's when you need to back off a little bit and say, all right, I've maybe maybe I'm not in the right place right here. I need to reset that that trading attitude such that I'm in a position to say, am I going to follow my rules? Am I going to trade maturely so that I'm not creating bad ad outcomes by by you know not approaching this properly? Yeah, you know it's interesting actually. Quite you brought that up quite coincidentally right before we uh, are recording this podcast. I just got off um, from a uh, kind of a FaceTime meeting with a professional tennis player that I'm working with. And okay. one of the things we were talking about was, you know, getting geared back up to starting competition, which hopefully ah. will be very shortly. But we talked um, a bit about some of the things that are very applicable to trading, which is mm. getting back into competition. And now it's been a long time. And how do you kind of are going to be handling, right, the being in the lead, being down, all that. And so one of the things that I've stressed is the importance of being flexible and creative and nimble on the court for this player. But also um, it applies to trading. It's the willingness to kind of in the moment seeing the trades, not get kind of too set in how you're doing something. Have a certain level of flexibility. Be nimble and be able to kind of adjust and see things. Be uh, kind of creative. These are some of the habits kind of of winning of winning traders. Now you want to be self-disciplined. That's mm. critical, but you also don't want to become so rigidly uh, adhere to a certain kind of plan if that is going wrong. Again, if you and I are playing a tennis match, and I know you have a weak backhand, but today I'm kind of going for your backhand, and you're hitting backhand winners back to me. It's like I have to have enough flexibility and nimble and creative to step back and say I need to go to Plan B. Traders need to do the same thing. Something may have been working for them in, a, in, in an ongoing way, but maybe today that kind of trade is not working. Instead of just digging in and being very rigid, trying to shift and think about alternative ways of, of, of managing the, that kind of trade. 
I, you know, and that to me, that's a great analogy, and I'm glad you, glad you said that because you're right. That, and the, the understanding of where you apply rigidity and where you apply flexibility to me is important. So I'm, I'm not sure this is a perfect, you know, analogy here with the tennis, but you know, you, you've learned how to how to how to swing the racket and take a stroke. You know, how you plant your feet that probably doesn't change. But which stroke you choose to use in the moment, as you say, that you might have to change. And trading to me, you know, you you have risk control rules. Those should be probably rigid at all times. That's what right. helps you manage your trading effectively and not get yourself into big trouble. However, knowing which type of trade from your playbook to use maybe today you know you're using a, a reversal pattern and it's just not working maybe the market is just trending in a direction reversals aren't happening you need to shift gears and say all right i need to trade a different pattern that maybe you don't like as much or not as familiar with but that's what the the situation dictates and being able to understand that in the moment that that's tough right because you know, especially if we come in and I, I know I, I used to have a bad habit and I still struggle against it at times where I look at the market before it opens and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this yeah. is going to be X or Y type of day. Right. It, we're going we're going to the moon today. It's absolutely it's going up. And then suddenly we start, you know, the market starts declining and I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, because you've established, you, you've have again, this gets to the cognitive, you have thoughts and beliefs about what the market's doing. Then right. all of a sudden, you're like, the affective component is now you feel like a, you're now already bummed out because you think it's going to be in a bad way. And then that may affect, like, you're not ready for certain trades to present themselves. That's the behavioral component because right. you have these kind of potentially faulty beliefs. Right, this is where it gets back to your, your point about what we've talked about being, not feeling helpless, but being flexible in how you see things and taking whatever action is needed within kind of your disciplined plan. But like you said, that's a delicate balance between being having a process, being disciplined about it, but not being so rigidly adhered to it if it doesn't, you know, when it calls for some flexibility and adjustments. Right. So, you know, when I tie it back to attitude, I, you know, one of the things I've learned and, and attitude, I think, is a learned behavior over time. You, you can improve your attitude and, and learn to approach the market differently. And it has affected my attitude positively where before I would get I used to call it uh, we, we use the term hulking. Right. So to me, yep. uh, when you get when you hulk, basically, you know, think about the hulk when he turns big and green, sort of the the, the cog, he, he, his brain turns off. Right. And it's just Hulk smash. Right? He smashes anything in his way, including friends and you know maybe the good stuff and the bad stuff. And and I used to get that like like that in trading. You'd lose a trade, and I just start pounding at trade. I start taking trade after trade, and then it's like you suddenly you come out of the 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 big green mode at some point in the future. And I look and I'm like, what just happened? Like how did I lose all these trades? How did I allow myself to take these trades? They're absolutely like they're bad trades. So. The way I've modified my attitude to adjust that is is be able to realize I just had a bad trade. It's not working well. It's that it's that sometimes it's a physical step backwards and a deep breath. Okay, I can still do this. I understand how to trade. You know what went wrong in that moment? Okay, it's it's A, B, or C. I, I can address that and I can approach this next trade sort of clean clean slate. What's the market providing me? Where's the opportunity? That's a lot harder to do than, than it might sound, right? Because you'd like to think you say, all right, bad trade, move on. It's not so easy to move on all the time, right? Well, because uh, kind of a losing trade sets off a cascade of emotions. And mm. then now people are often responding to their kind of emotional 
uh, kind of situation and not looking at things more intellectually or rationally or kind of, you know, strategically in terms of their trading. And that's the shift, I think, that that hurts people. A lot of times traders like to believe they're very knowledgeable and smart, and they are. Right. But if you're not aware of the uh, kind of the emotional dynamic uh, and the psychological emotional variables that play into decision making, then sometimes you minimize those. And all of a sudden you think you're lo you're making a decision based on logical, rational uh, kind of information. But it's really more fueled by emotion. And if that emotion is frustration or upset or anger or disappointment, that's often going to lead to a type of trading that's not going to be successful. Hmm. Uh, and so that's that's the delicate balance there. I, I thought it was fascinating. I had a trader I was talking to that um, uh, they had said that um, uh, when they started trading, they had a mandatory five minute hiatus between any trades. So they were a fairly short term trader, but they said good or bad, once they completed a trade, um, they, they forced themselves to walk away for five minutes and, and then come back and then they could look at the market sort of it's fresh because they, they, they had sort of come to the conclusion that they were unable in the immediate term to sort of calm themselves down, whether it was a good trade or a bad trade. If it was a good trade, they'd be all excited to be looking for the next yeah. one and they come in with sort of unrealistic expectations without fully thinking through the trade. If it was a bad trade, it was almost like they'd go into a revenge mode. And now they're looking for a quick trade to try and make up the loss. And they said to manage that, they would give themselves this, like a timeout, a five minute timeout. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then over time, as they found they had better control of themselves, they were able to sort of, their attitude was, was they were able to sort of consciously manage it more. They diminished the time. They went to four and then two and then one minute. And then they, they were able to tell, you know, hey, within like 30 seconds after a trade, wait a second, I'm not clear yet. Then they would be able to back off and go do other things. If they were to say, yeah, I'm, I can sort of, I feel that I can think about this rationally, they would put themselves into the trade. What do you think about that as an approach? Yeah, I think that's a great approach. And what people, the key on that is that the practice makes perfect, so to speak, in that mm. probably over time, that person can now manage several trades at once before they need a break. And also probably is managing the emotional volatility associated with winning and losing trades better. So mm. when there's great emotional volatility, uh, of the highs and the lows. That is exhausting for trading. Um, and so <laughs> Tell me about if it. you can narrow that, like trading on a little more of an emotional even keel, mm. it just saves a tremendous amount of energy and you don't feel like you're emotional all over the place. It's also like if you think of the scale of like being really bummed out as a negative five and euphoric on positive five, those people who are fluctuating between negative four and a half and positive four and a half, first of all, that's exhausting. And also what you want to be, it takes a lot of work when you're down negative four to get back to zero, which is where you want to be in a kind of a kind of a more stoic kind of flat, a kind of emotional, engaged mm. emotional state, but not either high or low. And I think that that is one of the great um, abilities that uh, successful traders have is not getting too high or low on the wins or the losses and just being able to kind of get back in. And that helps to evaluate the trade on its merits without the emotional components and psychological variables interfering, which they uh, can do often. Yeah, yeah, well, 
that's uh i mean all of this is uh all of this is i find sort of the key things that we have to sort of learn and experience for ourselves unfortunately almost every trader i've run into um it's sort of like it's sort of like telling a child the stove is hot right you can tell that child a thousand times don't touch that you're going to get hurt but until they touch it and get hurt then they can sort of internalize and say that is hot i shouldn't touch it and i find it with trading we're often the um we're often the same way like i i, I know i was and and almost everybody i've talked to has been the same thing right you know what you're supposed to do but to actually do it requires sort of that that attitude adjustment to, so that you bring you know because you, you've got to be your own uh, we, we talk sometimes when you're when you're a retail trader, you've got to be your own risk manager, right? And, and right. that's hard to do because there is no one out there saying, wait a second, you're, you know, you're over your limit, you've exceeded your, your targets, whatever, I'm, I'm going to pull you back. It's really up to you unless you set some automatic risk controls. But um, it, it's, uh, it, it's amazing to me, though, just even as intelligent, logical people that most of us are and most traders are, we still have to learn by that, that negative experience all the time. Yeah, but what I think it's important for people to know um, is that this is an ongoing process. I know mm. traders look at very young, newer traders look at highly successful traders and kind of maybe sometimes think falsely that they got this, they, they have right. it down. There right. are no 300 bowling games in trading. It's, there's no perfect game. <laughs> this is an ongoing, and it, listen, this is the same thing in athletics. High, right. The highest level athletes are still working on their process. Mm. How did they get better? How did they manage setbacks? Traders, even incredibly successful traders that I work with, are prone to this. And the best ones are constantly trying to work at this, get better at it, perfect it. So I don't want anybody to uh, either have the false belief that, how do I get to this, you know, perfect kind of attitude mindset uh, and achieve it? And then I'm in Nirvana. It's the Holy yeah. Grail because um, that's not realistic. And just to know that that's what makes this hard, but also yeah. makes it so intriguing. It's an ongoing journey and process to try to find ways that we can all improve uh, both our mindset and our attitude. Yeah, you know, you, you just made me think of one of my one of my favorite trading. I'll call it a trading novel. Um, is the reminiscences of a stock operator, the story of Jesse Livermore, and and who's who's often you know referred to as as one of the best day traders of all time. Now he traded over a hundred years ago, but you know he, he he was at certain points one of the richest people in the in the U.S. if not in the world, but also went bankrupt several times. But right. the, that, that innate belief in his ability allowed him to have the attitude he needed, to, to your point, to sort of bounce back from those scenarios and say, all right, like, you know, I, I, I did wrong, but I do understand how to do this. You know, I'm, I'm going to get back sort of on the horse and do it again. Yeah. And this, listen, this gets us back to the kind of original thing we talked about, which is this notion of responsibility, ownership and accountability for your trading career. Um, you know, I think that's kind of where it starts. If you're mm. really committed to trying to be good at this, something that's very difficult, then you kind of really have to own that. You really have to make a commitment to get better. And I think that that's a very, again, a very personal, individual um, kind of commitment that people need to make during their quiet moments when they're alone, uh, because nobody can make it for you. That's something that we all have to determine how important something is in our lives and if trading is very important and you want to be successful 
there's really no fast forwarding it. There's no, mm. you need to get the reps. You need to put in the time and energy. <laughs> you need to kind of own the pain uh, and the joy and enjoy the, the, the upswing and the joys and the wins. Um, and, 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 but constantly think about ways of, of getting better, of growing and developing other better skills as you move forward, even during those kind of dark periods, which there will be some, not because it's a problem, because it's um, kind of an inherent integral part of the trading process. Uh, you know, and, and uh, agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think that's a great way perhaps to bring this to the close. You're right. This is a journey, and you have to accept the ups and the downs and, and know that, uh, you know, with the right attitude, you, you can prevail. So. Okay. The Good doctor, talking with you, Peter. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a great, uh, great rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Be well, Peter. Bye-bye.